Welcome back, listeners. It is your co-host here, Kenny Buller, on the Second Floor Podcast. This is where we talk about, of course, how to survive in health and fitness. As your host, I would like to thank you for those who've been continuing to follow us and be a part of our journey. And for those of you who are new and listening, thank you for taking the time to tune in. We bring to you a very special guest today, Shelly Monomuro. Shelly happens to be the owner of Little Sweatshop, which for the past two years running has been known to be our city locally, the best fitness center around, as well as this past year, the number one fitness martial arts studio in all of Canada. That's huge. One thing that I could respect out of this conversation is it's one of the classic sayings of it takes a village to raise a child. This is, of course, an African proverb, which means that an entire community of people must interact with children for those children to experience and grow in a safe and healthy environment. So this in and from the Nigerian Igbo culture means in translation, Oran Azunua. And this is something that from the moment you hear Shelley speak, it is ingrained in her soul and in her destiny to provide and create a village of her own. Shelly is someone who I highly respect as personally. She is the owner of a gym in which my brother KB trains at for MMA, yet also not only creates an environment that's safe and durable for pro fighters to train in, yet also for mothers and families alike to bring their kids in and work out with them. And this is something where Shelly has pretty much taken her passion for creating a community in fitness and has done an incredible job of building. To give you an idea of what Shelly Monomero and I talked about, we did end up speaking upon a very touchy subject, which I am super proud and appreciate her speaking and bringing to light, where Shelly was excommunicated by her church at a young age of, I believe, 21 years old. And at this time, Shelly had to pretty much redefine who she is. She talked about how she dedicated time, upwards of a year, to each sport that she wanted to try. She also took the time to figure out what she really wants to do and, and what she wants to pretty much put her time towards and, and try new things along the way. Shelly and I talked about the importance of being a part of a family and extending that level of feeling a part of a family to your business and to your health. We talked about the importance of prioritizing health and also the importance of being a mother and exercising and the benefits that it comes with and creating an environment where a mother can bring her newborn upwards of at least six weeks old to the facility and creating a community where you're also looking out for other people's children. And that's one of the most important aspects I took out of this conversation where it's something where it was a very emotionally led and driven part where Shelly mentioned how she's so proud of herself in creating a community where no one gets unnoticed. You know, every single person has an eye out and a heart for other people's children. And that is something that is beautiful to see and beautiful to witness. 
when I can see and hear in Shelly's eyes and as well as what she's saying, how much what she's built means to her. So another important thing we talked about is proving yourself right, not wrong. As well, we mentioned engaging in groups of people together, working out in groups as opposed to one-on-one, talking about how much that relates back to a community. And then from there, we also talk about the importance of education as a coach. So super excited to bring on Shelly Montemurro. Without further ado, we're going to get into it. Enjoy. Welcome aboard, Shelly. Thank you, Kenny. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You are the owner of LSS Little Sweatshop here in Alberta. That's right. You happen to have won the gym of the year in our area, 2018-2019, and also martial arts gym of the year in Canada. In Canada, yeah. That's huge. I want to hear from your perspective. How did this all come about when you recognize that you're going to punch the nail, you're going to put your foot down, and you're going to run your own academy, mm-hmm. essentially? How did all that get started for you? So Little Switch Up in general, how did it get started? Mm-hmm. Um, well, my husband and I are both fitness fanatics. We always have been. Uh, my husband is post, his name's Jeff, uh, post-military. So he was in the military for six years. Um Martial arts has always been a huge part of his life. He was a wrestler at heart um, in university. Uh, myself, always just trained at, you know, the local rec centers and stuff like that. Did more, I would say just calling it resistance training type aesthetic work. You know, just be fit and strong. Um, and then we had kids. Um, we actually went through fertility treatments, um, which brought us to having twins, which was incredible. So we had twins in uh, 2009, they were born. And so we would continue to go to the gym, the rec center, and put our kids in the babysitting at the rec center, which was awesome. It was all we had at the time. It was perfect. Um, But it did mean that every time we went and worked out, it was another 7 to $10 just for the one hour for the babysitting. An amazing program to have there, but at the end of a, a month, that's an extra, you know, hundred bucks or whatever that you're spending over and above your membership. And we just thought, you know, there's got to be a there's got to be a better way. There's got to be something else for families, for people to make it easy, so that dad's not going somewhere, mom's not going somewhere else, looking for babysitters, uh, paying extra for childcare, whatever. So we came up with the idea of. Let's make a gym where you can bring your kids. There's a play area for the kids. The kids get to play. We do our thing. Jeff gets to do his martial arts stuff. I get to do my weight training, metabolic conditioning, hit stuff. And the kids get to play and interact and see that mom and dad are being fit and active. Um, and truly seeing that it's a lifestyle that's important to the family. Mm-hmm. So what we did was um, we started up actually in our garage. Um, we started just a, a very small little little gym in the garage, had a couple of people come over to train with us. And within a day, we had bylaw come over with a complaint that uh, we were running a big business out of our out of our house, yeah. which we were not. Our friends were not even paying at that time. They yeah, were just coming. It wasn't even a business. No, they were coming over to work out with us in the garage and their kids were playing with ours. But uh, anyway, so we very quickly, well, no, sorry, backpedal. Uh, one day coming 
home, um, CBC was there on our doorstep. And we were like, oh, hey. And they said, well, we have a story and we'd like to do a story on this illegal business that you're running. And we were kind of taken aback because we, you know, that's not what we were doing, nor was that our intention. So uh, they came in and did a story on, you know, people working out in our gym uh, or sorry, in our garage. Yeah. And then they came into the house as well and, you know, videoed me making lunch for the kids and all oh. that kind of thing, like our, our regular daily routine yeah. and that the gym was just part of that. Um, so the story came out on CBC and all of a sudden I had hundreds, and I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of emails from people who are like, this is incredible, how do I join? So that bad advertising that uh, CBC did for us actually turned out to be amazing. Yes. Wow. So immediately we started looking for commercial space because we're like, well, this is, this is something. We got something here. Yeah. So we, yeah, found a commercial space. Um, so we still worked out of our, our garage for a little bit um, until we could get into that commercial space, but it was really only about a month till we got it ready and we were up and going and, Within a month, we had to cap our memberships. We had to say, that's all we thats all we have room for. We can't have any more people. Yeah, and, and that's awesome that it happened that fast. It was so fast. It was one of those things where, you know, we had a five-year plan. Five years from now, we'll start a commercial business. Um, yeah, no, like a week, right? It was, wow. it was that, I, th- I feel like for business owners, sometimes you need that push off the cliff. And that was the truly the push off the cliff, where it was like, okay, we've got something. Either we run with it or we fold. And we ran with it. Wow, that's awesome. And here you are today with that big award, you know, after how many years? Uh, Now we're going on six. That's amazing. And to be able to, I appreciate you telling me that, to to hear how it all started. I couldn't agree more. There's even plans I have in place and thinking about, you know, where I want to take my future. And so many Mm -hmm. people, whether it's yourself or others, just go, well, why not sooner? Right. You know, like if, especially when demand catches up like that. For sure. And I think fear really is, that's, that's the biggest thing that holds people back, entrepreneurs back, especially, right, is, is fear of failure. And for us, you know, had we gone five years in that five years, you know, sometimes your passion dies a little bit, but because it happened so fast, we didn't even have time to think about it. We were like, no, we've got something go. And we went. And I love how, Shelly, you guys thought about what current gyms you were at or even others weren't doing. Right. And you were able to fulfill that unmet need that a lot of, I'm sure, mothers and fathers and kids alike appreciated Mm -hmm. because you're able to have families do something actually very vital to their health together. Right. You know, I know the biggest struggle parents have is their schedules. The Absolutely. time and a lot of that's in our city commuting in the winters mm-hmm. the, the extended amount of time it takes to pick up their children and then they're last on the list yeah and and then workouts are completely not even in their mind anymore and that becomes a very uh, it becomes in a sense this burden yeah. and it, it becomes very easy for them to say oh well i don't have time for that right when or tired sh- yeah when it like, should be priority right yeah. Absolutely. And the importance of, of, of family being the focus for you as a gym owner and even a fitness enthusiast, why, why do you think it's so important for, for families to to share the love of fitness together or at the very least, like spend that time doing it together? Mm-hmm. What does that do for them from what you've seen? Yeah, well, our, our sense of inclusion or our concept, I guess, of inclusion in the gym is 
is such a high priority. We see or, or hear it so many times where people are like, yeah, my, my husband will go work out. And then when he gets home, he looks after the kids. And then I go for a workout if I have time or whatever. So the whole concept came from why not make a place that everybody can do what they want to do together. And whether that means, you know, mom goes and does kickboxing and dad comes and lifts weights or dad goes and does jujitsu and mom comes and does hit class or whatever. And it doesn't matter what age your, your child is, you can bring them. And often I get emails or texts from people who are like, so if I come to the 930 class, can I bring my kids? I'm like, you can always bring your kids. Awesome. And they're like, well, what do your kids do? And unless you have kids and i think that's what um differs from our gym and the concept of our gym to other gyms maybe that say they're family friendly mm -hmm. is if you don't have kids or haven't gone through the chaos of children <laughs> you don't know what you need yeah to be able to to accommodate a workout and have the kids be happy mm -hmm. right so we have a, a total kids play area of course it's changed a little bit in the the time that we're living in right now um so we've had to revise it and that's what we did over our shutdown time is we revised it to something that we could could clean more easily mm -hmm. but it's still there so um we have a little climbing wall that's easy to wipe down and mm -hmm. we have tables for snacks and you know the kids have such a blast just making friends there too and so when kids say mom are we going to the gym today how can mom say no? Yeah. Right. So if you make it a place that's fun and exciting and positive, um, the kids, kids want to be there. And if your kids want to be there, then sorry, you're stuck with going to the gym. Yeah. It becomes a home away from home. It does. Right. And yeah. then so many of the, the kids in a sense become that, that motivational catalyst for the parents to be like okay all right you, like in a sense the kids are pushing them to go totally right because they know they're gonna meet so and so as yeah, kid their and friends that's are their there. friend now and they're creating that sense of community together right yeah and i think right now um especially in north america that whole it takes a village um motto has has gone away and i don't know what has created that whether it's just because everybody's so busy or we're all focused on ourselves or what it is but as soon as you walk into little sweatshop you know that if your kid is crying and you're not close this is gonna make me cry sorry it's okay it's okay <laughs> um yeah if you're not close and your kid's crying the closest adults will go and pick your kid up that's awesome yeah they like they that they're an extension yeah. of parents for them. Exactly. Like it's just a big, it is truly a village. I love that. And that's the, the most important part I find, Shelly, is recognizing that you're, you're, there's so much loving care for those kids, even when they're not actually your kid. Oh, totally. But it's like, hey, yeah. like you notice there's something to correct there. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, we're going to do that. Exactly. Because we're all in this together. Yeah. You know, like if anything happens, like we're dealing with in this world right now, or oh, are we going to close our doors? Mm -hmm. Well, okay, might be a decision we have to make. But yeah. once we get the opportunity to open, we're back up. Because right. there's so many people here who, who look after one another. That's right. And yeah. who are, you know, staying clean in the process and being there. And what was, um, what was something you noticed with like, even like a really like successful case study from the gym or like a person or a testimonial where you got to see within your own eyes yeah. how much physical and mental change whether it was like with their kid or or a child mm -hmm. or a mother or father 
Is there anyone in mind that, that, that you can share like how much their life has just changed just from being immersed in the village that you've been for sure you know, yeah actually building. the first person that comes to mind is an, a wonderful amazing friend named jody um she started actually in my garage um and she would bring her little girl katie to the to the to our house with her and they would play but she was a helicopter mom so she was a, a mom that always had to be able to you know normally would would stand over her child and you know make sure they were safe and pick them up at the first first tier or whatever right yeah, like a lot like of protection very 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 um concerned mom right and probably within a week of training just realizing the amount of trust that she had in the fact that it was a village and that somebody else could help if she was in the middle of a set doing something and Katie needed something, somebody else could help. And she just learned to just embrace that and let go of that sense of needing control. Um, and Jody is, um, she is one of the most inspiring people at the gym. Honestly, she is there seven days a week. Um, now her, her kids are a little bit older, so she often doesn't bring them to the gym, but she comes seven days a week. She is just for her confidence and for her and and she deals with a lot of of stress and anxiety in her life um i don't think she has an easy life all the time mm -hmm. and she's an incredible an incredible inspiring person just great attitude every day she's there um and f for sure if she misses a day mm -hmm. it would ruin her day yeah. right like it's, it's a what, big priority it's yeah, up there it needs to happen it's what she in order for everything else to, to function right? for sure like she's and and i remember her saying that even to her daughter when they were like when they very first started and she would say you know what katie mom's a happier mom if you can let her work out yeah, <laughs> right? yeah i love that yeah exactly like it just needs to happen it does it makes us it makes us more patient it makes us more tolerant um it makes our the endorphins that happen when we exercise and our um, surrounded by people who support us and love us. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I always like to say it's very easy to say that we are always craving me time, but wh where else do you feel like you get that where you're in your own thoughts and you're mm -hmm. challenging yourself and you're sweating yeah. when you have that me time mixed in with something that's benefiting you and making mm -hmm. you add years to your life. That's right. Right. When you, when you're doing it in an environment, especially at LSS where like you're, you're getting coached how to do it properly. Right. Right. And I know that initially when we spoke earlier, you told me that the, the focus is heavily on mothers yeah. and, um, you know, from from your perspective as a coach and as a trainer, what what are some principles you follow to, to help mothers, uh, you know, cope with feeling physically stronger and even mentally stronger, especially when I find uh, mothers with newborn babies become very extremely attached for, mm -hmm. you know, the rest of their life with that mm -hmm. kid naturally, but especially for those first few years, yep. uh, almost to the point where I, Shelly, I've... I've experienced this closely with family members who, you know, uh, cousins, they're getting recently um, pregnant and they're mm -hmm. having their newborns. And they would tell me that they're like, Kenny, like, I, I have, I know I have a problem, but mm -hmm. it's because 
I, I, I love my kid so much and even just leaving mm-hmm. him or her for like mm-hmm. five minutes, it scares me. Right. So that naturally comes with, okay, they know that they need want to reshape their body. They start saying they want to go back to the gym, yeah. but they're afraid of leaving their kid. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love how, you know, your gym automatically, it's like, hey, bring, bring your child. Absolutely. Right now, like we could kind of go through these waves and I don't know if it's something in the water or what it is, but we go through these waves at Little Sweat Shop where... Uh, all of a sudden we'll have like five newborn babies and then no way. they turn into toddlers. They become the big kids and then we'll have five newborn babies. Again. <laughs> yeah, they all come yeah, in. It's like little waves of them. So right now we've, you know, at the, so we have a 930 class and predominantly that is the mom's class. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not a mom, that's fine. If you're a dad, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Anybody can come, but that is the most convenient time for moms because if you have older children, you've dropped them off at school, grab coffee and come on over, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you've got little ones, so we've right now, I bet you we have on most days a little row of five car seats um, with the babies in them. That's awesome. When they're really little. Yeah. And then once they get old enough to understand that they can... Um, squawk and let mom know that they are not happy on their car seat anymore then we have like it's like a little progression so then they go to the extra saucer or the swings and then they progress to the high chairs and then they progress to the play area awesome. so once they're in the play area you know we have gates up all over the place we shut the doors to the bathrooms and stuff so the kids are safe and they're right beside where we are so that separation thing that you're speaking of kenny it's uh we can we can get around that because you can always see your your, your child. You can yeah. hear them. You can see them interacting. If there's an reach. issue happening, like I said, one of the parents doesn't matter if it's your child or not. One of the parents will jump in, right? And it's uh, it's just taking care of one another. And sure, sometimes kids are are fussy or have off days, and your workout sucks, but you still got to work out. Yeah. You still right. have to get it done. And there's there's days where when we had the babies and before we started the gym, where I try to work out in the basement, and it's so hard to work out when you have a baby, um, or a toddler is even worse because they're under you, they're around you, they're crying. The laundry needs to be done. It's really hard sometimes to be motivated and stay at home and work out. And that's yeah. why we created this space. That was just it is like a second home. So your, your child is fully entertained. Mm -hmm. Um, there are many days where I'll walk around with a baby carrier on and I'll have a baby on the back, a baby on the front while I'm coaching. No way. Just so mom can work out. Love it. And you know, they'll fall asleep and I'll just keep walking around with them and they get used. If you start early when the babies are, you know, eight weeks old, Mm -hmm. the babies get used to the dropping barbells. They get used to the sounds of kicking and punching yeah they don't even wake up it's amazing it's so cool yeah Yeah. wow that's pretty special and i i know there's in a sense i i see it a lot even whether you want to relate it to the the idea of mothers and newborn babies and dealing with that or even other people who can't help but compare uh their their progress to when it was years ago and they mm-hmm. feel like they peaked mm-hmm. or compare themselves to how they even did last month and then a few weeks go by, they, they, they collect some rest and they go back and they want to pick up off of oh, where yeah. they were at that time. Right. How do you feel like as a coach or, or, or a t- an owner of your gym, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you deal with that uh, based off of just letting them know that, hey, we need to start a clean slate mm-hmm. and, and just letting them understand that? Because mm-hmm. I know personally as a trainer, um, there's been times where I've struggled to just let someone know that, hey, we got we to gotta start back to ground zero. Right, yeah. You know, and this is for the coaches out there listening and, and, and educating someone or even just someone listening that's been like, yeah, I'm in that 
position. Totally, and yeah. I, I do need to start fresh or I'm going to hurt myself. Right. People, people do need to let go of ego. People need to understand that, you know, so many things change when you're going through, you know, pregnancy. I mean, for myself, having twins, I was over 200 pounds at the end. Wow. Right. So I put on over 70 pounds and I, was, I still worked out all the way through, all the way to the very end, um, had the twins, um, C-section. And so I, I think it was such a blessing going through it in that way. For one, twins, because that's considered a, you know, high risk pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So, of course, my doctor has to be cautious, telling me not to lift anything over 10 pounds. Finally, on the last visit at 38 weeks, he's like, Shelly, I know you've been working out all along, right? (laughs) I'm like, what? How'd you know? It's like, Shelly, what are you not telling me? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so I personally have taken several courses on postpartum, um, pregnancy and and postpartum. Um, and a a few of my other coaches also, most of them are moms, especially the ones that coach, uh, during the day, a lot of them are moms. So they've been through that whole process as well. And we really focus on, so during pregnancy, um, after about 12 weeks, when the body starts changing, the ligaments start loosening up, the Mm -hmm. abdomen starts, you know, uh, expanding, we stop doing certain movements mm-hmm. um, and everybody, all the coaches know to coach differently. Yeah. And there are times where if there's a, a big chunk of women that are pregnant or postpartum at the gym, like right now, we'll have our normal workout written up on the board and then we'll have a separate, I'll work, I call it team yap. Team, you are pregnant or you are postpartum. Yeah. And I'll do the same workout, but I'll modify the movements to make them mm-hmm. appropriate. That's fair. So I don't want, you know, I don't want somebody who's... 25 weeks, 30 weeks pregnant, holding a plank. Like that makes no sense, right? Yeah. And I think I always try to explain it to them. Like, you know what? If anything ever went wrong, we would never want to look back and say, I wish we would have done something different. Mm-hmm. And if you can explain it to them like that, I'm like, it's only, you know, it's only 40 weeks. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not. And then after that, we slowly start to build things back, but yeah. very slowly and I think because of the environment we've created, there's no egos, there's no me versus you, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's very understanding of the fact that you do have to be gentle on yourself. Yeah. If you're coming back from an injury or or even like post lockdown after COVID, the lockdown, right? I was like, okay, all of those one rep maxes that you have written down in your book or your phone, they are no longer. We are no longer going off those. We're going to build slowly. And, and we'll see where we get to. Exactly. There's no rush. Yeah. Really, none of us are going to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You're, you're being realistic. Let's be honest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're, we're a very mature gym in that there's not very many people under the age of 35 at our gym. So we are a mature demographic. So, yeah, let's be honest. Most of us are not going to the Olympics or even striving to go to the Olympics. Most of us just want to be fit, healthy, and represent or live the life that we are trying to get our children to embrace. Yeah. It's like we're, we're out here as an, as an example. Yeah. Right? If we're doing it, how much more likely are our kids going to follow suit? That's right. Right? And I see how much of that honesty and, and being realistic, uh, people appreciate that. that they, they respect that a lot. Yeah. And when you are able to let them know that the timeline associated with it, I, I love how you mentioned how it's like, hey, it's 40 weeks. 
you can do this. Yeah. How quickly does 40 weeks go by? It's not forever. Right. It's a program we have to follow through. And then once we're done that, we accomplish something. Mm-hmm. And now here's what's next. Yep. And, and even letting people know, I noticed clients get excited at the thought of, okay, if we're doing this now, then what is it progressing towards? Right. What's a goal. next? Mm-hmm. Right. And I see how with everything you're doing from a group perspective, I find naturally people just get more motivated. They do. When they know that, there's hey, energy, so-and-so is showing up and yeah. they're going to text me why I didn't show up today, right? Absolutely. And I know you have a huge love for uh, team group training. Right, I do. Chilly? I do. And I just want to know, you know, there's no right answer, but what have been some of the things you've seen uh, as a coach that helps um, fitness enthusiasts become better at Um, let's just say the fitness routines or just actually become more motivated to show up when it's in a group capacity Mm -hmm. compared to just like the one-on-one coaching and why you're a big believer in team coaching. Yeah, and and I think there's a place for both those things for sure. Importance on, um, you know, if you are personally striving to achieve something um, that that would require a one-on-one type personal trainer, definitely there's a place for that. I think there's a misconception in our society about what group training is. I think a lot of people, when you say you do group classes, they automatically assume, you know, the old school Jane Fonda aerobics routines where everybody's doing the same thing at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a misconception maybe of of what group training is. Mm -hmm. For us at Little Switch Up, what we really try to focus on, one, is the fun factor, Right. If you don't make training fun, what is the point? Yeah. Why bother showing up? Especially when you start getting older, because not as many things are fun when you're older. Right. So if you can make it fun, I try to make the workouts that we do very challenging. We are very unique in our programming. Like I don't just take workouts off the Internet and and be like, okay, slap that in there. That looks good. Right. Like I'm glad that's awesome. It takes me a long time time to program workouts but I love it it is one of my favorite parts of my job is sitting there and you know looking at the month of October or November or December and being like okay so we're gonna we're gonna do a squat program this month we're gonna work on really building up that squat this month but then on top of that we're gonna throw in workouts that will challenge you Mm -hmm. get your 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 metabolism going And more than anything, something that at the end of it, you feel accomplished. You feel like, holy cow, that sucked so bad, but I'm so glad I came. Yeah, there's there's a theme mm-hmm. associated to it. I think that's what makes it exciting, mm-hmm. right? It's like nowadays we live in a world where everyone wants to know what they're about to lead For themselves sure into, they do. right? Like that movie that the people are raving about. Oh, well, is it good? Let's watch the trailer, yeah, right? Yeah. And then even as as a coach, I could tell like it's so important to be organized and do that all ahead of the game. Yeah. Instead, I mean, I've I've experienced it in in my um, you know first couple months as I was training people. It was like. You kind of just you're scrambling and you think you got your feet and you're like, oh, I did set that hour to program and now I'm just going to go off the fly. And you can only do that so many times where either the clients are going to take notice or now you're just repeating the same thing over and over again. For sure. And I think I think sometimes um, another misconception maybe that comes from group training is people are like, well, how can you program a workout that'll work for 20 different people? Yeah. But like and none of them will get hurt or maybe some of them aren't able to do certain movements or whatever. Um, and that comes from the coach, right? The coach and all of our coaches are, are so incredible. I, our team is 
the very, very, very best team ever. They, you know, I bring in a physio every month um, and he works with us and gives us kind of groundwork for helping with injury prevention nice. and modifications and stuff like that. So the coaches are so well-versed. So if you come and say, hey, my left knee's really hurting today and squats is on the board and squats are what really hurt your knee, we have the ability to be like, okay, well, why don't we work on this today instead for you? So while everybody else is doing their squats, you're going to do this part, mm -hmm. but then we'll do the workout together. And if it's still bothering you, then I'll give you this exercise instead of this one, yeah, right? There's and then alternatives. We just, yeah, I'll swap it out and make it so that nobody has an excuse to not be there. Yeah. You can come and it doesn't matter if you're having a, you know, your shoulders are sore that day or you rolled your ankle. I'll give you something. I'll make you row yeah. with a arms only rowing if you broke your ankle. Like, yeah. I don't care. I'll give you something. And no, I like that. It's shying away from the whole like uh, injury prevent. Sorry, it is being a part of injury prevention, mm -hmm. but it's shying away from that like, you know, when people have that like preconceived notion of a coach being that hard ass, right. that person's going to push through the pain. But, oh, yeah. I mean, we're living in a world where we have enough research-based evidence. <laughs> yeah. but, like, that's not right. It's like, not safe. It's not safe to it's do not, at all. Like, no. no one should be, of course, paying that much money for personal training, to to your point, for it not to be fun and for them to do something they don't want to do. Right. You know, especially with, if it's involved in injury, if they're just like, ah, oh, like my body doesn't move that way. Right. And, and if, then, it's, like, if they don't want to do it because it's hard that's different if they don't want to do it because yeah. they're injured that that i'll make accommodation for but if they don't want to do it because it's hard well then i'll say suck it up yeah right? no that's true that's when you do have to you do have to hard ass it a bit. yeah no it's so true it's like wait you're not injured why are you complaining here yeah. oh it sucks right yeah you would have to do it anyway yeah no it's true as far as your own uh journey shelly i, I want to talk a little bit about how you stepped into uh this field in the first place yep. with health and fitness and, and kind of if we go all the way back before you even decided starting LSS, mm -hmm. you know, guide us through um, how you started uh, getting yourself immersed into this world and, and why you decided to stay. I, I think that part uh, to me is, mm -hmm. is pretty important because I find a lot of people in fitness, they get into it. Right? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Learn it. Do it for the summer. Right. Some people, okay, they do it and now they're doing it on the side. But you went you know, in mm -hmm. you, 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 and I could tell, like, I love when I walk in and I train with some of the guys and I see that, like you clearly through all your certifications on the wall, like you've educated yourself and mm -hmm. still continue to educate yourself. Mm -hmm. So you could tell you're, you're someone who like, you're allowing it to shape your identity. But if we go back, you know, what made you stay and how'd you start in the first place? Yeah. yeah. And, um, before you mention that, mm -hmm. I just want to lower the volume outside. Cause sure. I, I can be go a little distracting. Go just give ahead. me one sec. Yeah. No I'll problem. Yeah. Ponder and think about okay, it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Just give me one <clears throat> sec. I'm going to quickly do that. Sounds good. I know that can be kind of distracting. No problem. Is that better? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Hey, I have three kids. I can <laughs> yeah. You're like, I tune it out. <laughs> no, that's awesome. See, I know I'll be able to tell once I have kids. Like you said, you get special powers in your It's parents, different. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like cocaine probably, but I don't know, but I'm assuming it is. It's some sort of superpower. You're just, yeah, you're constantly going. No one can stop you, right? So where were we? Tell us a little bit about um, where we started. Yeah, what that experience looked like when you started. For sure. So, um, I was actually 
born and raised in a very, very strict Christian uh, faith. Um, it would be considered a cult. Um, and because of that upbringing, and it was, it was an incredible upbringing. My mom and dad are salt of the earth, best people in the world. Um, so, but a, a very, very strict upbringing in that, you know, we weren't allowed to play sports. We weren't allowed to really socialize much with people outside of our, um, our, our faith. And, you know, our scheduled weekly routine was very, very tight. So we had, you know, Sunday morning Bible study, Sunday afternoon gospel meeting, Wednesday night Bible study, Tuesday night, you know, the, the young kids within the religion, uh, they would play maybe soccer together. Tuesday night, they'd play volleyball. Thursday night, they'd be just very busy so that there was no time to interact with, with people outside of the faith. Um, so, so very happy, wonderful upbringing. My parents are the best people in the whole wide world. Um, as I, so, so I, I really didn't, other than just playing like recreational sports <clears throat> with those uh, friends, I didn't compete in anything. I didn't push myself to prove anything to myself. Nothing like that. Um, my mom and dad were excommunicated from the, the religion at when I was 21. Um, I stayed in for another six months and then I left. At that point, this will make me cry, Kenny, sorry. No worries, no worries. <laughs> um, so at that point, at 21 years old, um, when you leave something like that, you do get excommunicated. So at that point, going from, you know, having all the friends in the world, I thought anyways, um, to none. So every person that I was friends with was gone. So at 21 years old, and this is probably the biggest blessing in the whole wide world. At the time, it didn't feel like it. Um, but I mean, who at 21 gets to start their life over? Yeah. And, From scratch. Right. 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 So I took a few years to figure out who I was. Uh, went through counseling to deprogram. And uh, yeah. So from that stage, um, took some time to just sit back and be like, hey, who am I? What am I going to do? And I decided, you know what? I am a very strong, healthy person. I know I'm good at things, but I don't know what I'm good at. So I decided every year I was going to take up a new sport. And I said, okay, I'm going to do a sport. I'm going to commit to it as hard as I could, mm -hmm. do as well as I could, do competitions, do whatever I could for a year, see what I was capable of. And then that following year, pick up a new sport and take that as far as I could. Um, it was so empowering to see that when you put your mind to something and you truly set out to, with good intentions, to challenge yourself, how, how much you are capable of. And that goes for not just sports, that goes for everything, mm, right? Yeah. So whether you want to start a business or whether you want to, you know, work on a relationship or what, whatever it is, if you want to be an artist, if, if you truly commit to it in your heart and say, I'm going to try and I'm going to test and see how far I can go with this, you will surprise yourself. And instead of proving yourself wrong, 
I like to prove myself right. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. The That's what I tried to do. So I started with, uh, I think I started with 10K runs. That was my thing for the first year. I was like, I'm just going to run. Yeah, that was the focus. Focus was running. And I ran and ran and ran. And it was good for my brain. It was good for my heart. It was good for everything. And it showed me that I was, you know, you can do anything. Um, and I tried, I tried powerlifting. Power Silly. That's not my sport. Mm-hmm. I'm little. I'm not... I was crazy strong for my size. I'm crazy strong. And that was great. That was cool to figure out. And I think that was a real turning moment for me. Um, Looking back now, when I'm training women, women need to know how strong they are. And there's a misconception in in our society that women who lift weights get big and bulky and look like men right and it's so cool to see how strong women can get and men too of course but men know they're strong they can move and push more weight than men can <laughs> they can like body weight <laughs> ratio can. for women is crazy yeah you know so, more power in the legs that's right the glutes and and, and embrace that like yeah. don't be like oh i want little legs and i want a little you know no let's not talk like that yeah and that's one thing again in our gym that i i don't want the kids to ever hear a woman say that. Mm-hmm. I never want to hear the kids say, oh, I'm fat or, oh, my legs are big. Not using that language. No. I'm like, man, you're strong, right? Yeah. Your Everyone legs are so strong. You know, was born and gifted to be pretty much crafted and sculpted mm-hmm. the way that, that uh, you know, if you believe in a higher power or if you just believe in yourself, mm-hmm. what, what, the, what you're capable of being able to do. Mm-hmm. Like your body is your engine. Yeah. Right? You use that to fuel you. That's and right. Go forward. Yeah. So, so powerlifting, I tried that. Um, I did well. That was good. It was, but it wasn't my sport. It was, it was a little too independent of a sport. I think I didn't love that part. Um, I did triathlons. So I started swimming, biking, running, did that for about a year. So at first I think I really chose sports and I, now looking back on it, I can see probably why I chose them was they were sports where it was just me versus me, right? Um, and then after a couple of years, I got into kickboxing. I went down to Panther Gym um, and worked with Benny Swanson. And nice. it was, uh, what, what a lovely gym. What a lovely place. And a, a great community. Back then, it was still super, like, rugged. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was awesome. So I got into kickboxing, and I did really, really well. I cried the first time that I punched somebody, that I actually hit somebody in the face. I cried. I didn't like it. You competed. Yeah, I did. Um, But I didn't like, I didn't like hurting somebody. So my whole approach to kickboxing became, I just need to be really fast, Mm -hmm. get points and then get out of there. Right. So, and I did that. I did really well. I went to, um, yeah, nationals, amateur kickboxing. That's incredible. Um, How many fights did you have? I think I only did three amateur bugs. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, and, and I enjoyed that. So I actually stuck with that for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my husband moved back, or at that time we weren't married yet. He came back from the military. He was in Ontario. Um, and we got married. And yeah, within three years, I guess, we had the, the babies. We went through fertility treatments. Which again, that's something that I think people need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and often people are like, oh, it's probably because you're so lean, um, which is a terrible assumption for people to make. Yeah, yeah. Um, and no, that's not what it was. Totally. Um, what but, was that a moment where 
if you don't mind sharing when you're you're trying to um you know of course get pregnant mm-hmm. and then there's a likelihood that you can't mm-hmm. and then when you say people should try that is that like a really much higher chance of getting pregnant and it's an opportunity to try but not enough people are looking into exploring that fertility treatments you mean mm-hmm. um yeah so depending on what the issue is um for us uh, my husband had broke his pelvis in the in the military wow. which created a lot of issues yeah um so for us we just needed help to get the the healthy sperm from him totally and and so that's what fertility treatments do mm-hmm. um but in the very beginning um there's a process you go through there's some some more simple things where you just take medication for a bit there's some some parts of the process where it's like a turkey baster basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) right there's that process yeah uh that wasn't enough for us but it's also a very very costly process um it's not covered by any kind of medical it's all you're forking that money out on your own right so and i think that's what makes it very challenging for people is because it is it's it's an investment and we were willing to put in that investment um we also went through the adoption process wow and that's that's a grueling process so anybody that wants to or needs to or is interested in that process it's it's wonderful. There are some wonderful uh, opportunities out there, but it is a grueling process and very emotional. Um, and actually, the week that we found out we were pregnant with twins, we actually got a phone call from the adoption agency saying, hey, we have a baby for you in next week in Calgary. It was like, oh, dear. Wow. <laughs> we're having timing. twins. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's everything kind of all happened at once. It did, yeah. And then uh, our third child came along and she busted her way into this world without uh, any of us ever thinking that it was possible yeah wow and so then that very happened, amazing right that's incredible you very got the amazing. you kind of in a way got the best of both worlds there you know absolutely we we're very blessed i, I want to go back to what you said there shelly and recognize how you could have taken your life in any direction you wanted to after you felt like you were on your self-discovery journey um from the excommunication mm-hmm it could have gone south. It could mm-hmm. have, you know, a lot of people tend to cope in very different ways. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine what that was like for you. Um, just knowing and experiencing like 21 for me, wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. And at 21, when you kind of feel like you're on top of the world, you're young, you got all the energy. Oh, you got your friends. You yeah. got, you know, oh, you're about to dive into this. And it's just, you feel like you got the, your whole future ahead of you and it having that all taken away from you, I can't imagine what that's like. And some people willingly make mm-hmm. that those adjustments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm, I know these people aren't right for me, so I, I'm just going to take initiative and change. But mm-hmm. when it, when out of your hands, it gets taken. Right. And, and it just kind of happens before your eyes. And you have to hit the reset button. I respect you so much for choosing the realm of sport mm-hmm. and the realm of challenging yourself as opposed to, I don't know, drugs or right. like, or right. like a, a addictive behaviors right. that are known as Unhealthy escapes. Things. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And I, I know yeah. drugs first comes to mind that might not even be uh, any other people's sport, like choice or yours mm-hmm. if you're highly mm-hmm. against it and religious. I really respect that. 
but it's just incredible to see that you looked at it as an opportunity opportunity to find yourself and i bet mm. through it all you saw that sense of community through sports absolutely and it must have been even easier to be like wow like look at all these different perspectives yeah because i know it seemed like you guys already through your church were playing a lot of sport activity yeah. but it was all through people with the very same mindset that's right right and then now it's like oh you know people of different colors of skin people mm -hmm. of different uh beliefs mm -hmm. people who don't even have any beliefs mm -hmm. and they're just there to have a good time and yeah. that's what i noticed about sport activity through martial arts myself is mm -hmm. just you grew up surrounding around that. Yeah. And then people become more open for opinions and become very open to listen. And uh, it's just very cool to yeah, see it really how... Shapes, it really shapes you, right? And it mm -hmm. shapes how you view the world, how you cope with different things. Um, and just having having that community. And like that is, that is the whole basis of Little Sweatshop, right? And people joke about it when they... Uh, a lot of people don't know that I was brought up in a cult um yeah now they do um, <laughs> secrets out now <laughs> dang it and then but when they do find out kind of that part of my past they're like so you just you got out of a cult and you kind of just started your own <laughs> <laughs> you created your own yeah i'm like yeah but you can leave yeah and i'm, I'm not gonna tell you, you what to stay. do yeah. right and the door's open if that's you leave right. too right <laughs> that's right that's the biggest difference and i i, I bet that even with mm -hmm. what i said holds true and it's very unfortunate how um, I don't know how much you want to share about this, but I see it in the martial arts communities where for some places you leave and, and there's gone. that vibe of, mm -hmm. hey, you're gone. Now you're not even in my personal life. Yeah. Like outside of me being the extension of your coach, you decide to leave. Well, you know, maybe other coaches or other places, like, I, I, I don't even know to a degree what that feels like, where mm -hmm. it's like, hey, we're still on good terms. Mm -hmm. But then you leave a place and it's like, oh, okay, now I'm gonna, the, the, probably how that feels with excommunication, mm -hmm. you're not allowed to ever come back. You're, we're, I'm not even gonna talk to you or look at you outside the gym. And that can cause some, I bet, I bet some serious trauma it's, to other people, sure just depending a, on how that person feels and the relationship that was carried over in that place. For sure. And there's, it's, if it's, if it's truly, you know, a, a community that was your second home that's a big hole that's left if you leave you know if you leave and you get that feeling of okay well you've lost that whole community it's now part of your identity it's yeah exactly like it's a big piece of you that's missing yeah and you know you'll i'm sure find another place to fill that and for some people it fills it well enough and for some people it causes some resentment i'm sure because that place can never be filled mm -hmm. right no exactly it can be sick it can be a very uh tough situation to deal with mm -hmm. right and and even like if we could relay that over to when you've experienced you know the good and the bad and everything in between mm -hmm. when you were at that point going back to the golden question of you've experienced all these sports now mm -hmm. was it just a very easy decision to make to be like okay well i loved immersing myself in all these sports i told myself i'm gonna try it mm -hmm. once a year something different was it was it obvious for you to choose like the fitness coaching as an option for you as a career or what was that kind of like for you when you were deciding that okay yeah. this is what I'm gonna do to put food on the table? I think I think, and I, and I don't mean this in a in a an arrogant way at all, but I think people were very drawn to that just the extreme passion that I had for it, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's not like I just told people they should work out. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that, and you'll see it in our gym all the time, our coaches will do the workouts with everyone else. 
Um, not necessarily while they're coaching. Sometimes if it's a class full of veterans, then certainly we will. But I feel like just just truly living living that what you're trying to represent mm-hmm. is so huge. And I know there's some trainers that this is this is touchy, I guess. There's some trainers that that believe that, well, it doesn't matter what you look like. You know, Don't. a trainer's a trainer, right? <laughs> Yes, a piece of paper is is great to have, right? But if you don't live what you're trying to teach, then you're probably also not going to look the way that people want to look when they train with you. Same time. I feel like that's half it. That's half of your advertising right there. It's just how do you look? Are people going to want to be like, make me look like you? What are you doing? What, 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 uh, show me what you're doing. It's like going to see a doctor who's overweight and smoking. Exactly. Like, and do Does I really it... want to trust you with my health? Not really. So I, I do feel like we are a billboard for what we, um, the passion that we have, right? If you, and I mean, you're the same, right? Like mm-hmm. you just, you want to eat healthy and you want to train. Yes, to be healthy and be your best. And yes, to represent what you believe in. But also there's a little bit of that. We just want to look good and feel good. 100%. Right? And anybody that says they don't work out to look good is full of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There's <laughs> a, a little, little bit. bit. <laughs> right? A little bit. Maybe not everybody. There's some, some vanity people, there, right? There you want is to be able a little to look bit. in the mirror. And, and I'm going to say women more so than men even. Yeah. Right? Women want, and and this is, this is, society has a certain way that women think that they should look and that's that's neither here nor there i I don't agree with that part Mm -hmm. and women also have crazy body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. where we feel like no matter how fit and healthy and strong we are getting better we it's not we're not good enough yet (laughs) right totally it's so crazy and that's Mm -hmm. what i really want to get rid of that that kind of stigma for for fitness and especially with you know, the environment that we have with kids around, right? When you've got kids around, the last thing you need is for somebody to be like, oh, I really want to look like her. I wish I looked. I'm not, I'm not going to be happy till I look like her. Yeah. And that's sad. It really is. I find that's a scary stigma associated with, um, you know, plastic sur- surgery. And that's not to take a hit on any um, individuals out there uh, who, who, you, who do it as a right. practice or right. even who are wanting to do it. It's just... Ask yourself, what are you doing that you can control mm-hmm. that like you have the power of changing? And, and what are you telling yourself that does make you feel beautiful, yeah. right? Like we, we, we can control what we can. And then the moment we allow ourselves to constantly think of what we want to change, it's going to drive us nuts. Absolutely. Right. It's like, again, it goes back to our upbringing where it's like, you know what? There's probably just been certain times where our parents be like, you got to change this. You got to change that about yourself. You got to do this. You got to do that. Searching. And what did you want? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be like, mom, because you shut up. And it's like, you get it. It's in their best interest, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's the way it's said. Mm-hmm. Same thing with our thought process. It's yeah. okay. Well, how do we tell ourselves, yeah. you know, how to go about it? And I get it back to the whole notion of, oh, we want to be perfect. Got to hit those PRs. Oh right. no, we're doing it wrong. We start to like critique it so much. And yeah. I love how, you know, as coaches, we're there to be like, listen, like this is what you're doing well on and here's what we can control but guess what you want to be an olympian it's not going to happen because you don't that that's just not a goal but here's what can happen you do this here's how you're going to look that's something that's being that that's something to look forward to right or 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 go up the set of stairs without huffing and puffing or and that's a huge win for some people yeah right like there's so many things there are so many things we do have control over right genetics is one thing when when we're talking health and fitness and 
aesthetics and appearance and all the rest, right? There's there's a small portion, and I think they've linked it to six percent is what mm-hmm. I the latest thing that I read. Six percent of your um, physical being is is made up or or affected by your genetics. So mm. that's a very small percent. Yeah. So if you want to change the other things, it takes discipline. And discipline yep. is hard without accountability. And that's where, again, I find group fitness is awesome for accountability. And whether it's just knowing that, you know, so-and-so is looking for you Friday at 930 because they want to be your partner for a workout or, you know, Friday nights are dance party night at the gym. And we know that Tom's going to put on Euro dance 1998 that's something we're showing up for right there right (laughs) (laughs) i love that and and we're we're gonna dance between sets or whatever right like that accountability and then on a me being a mom and having kids that are you know 10 and 9 years old i also know how i treat and um kind of reward them or make them accountable as we have a awesomeness sticker chart on my wall so when they practice Sweet. piano they get a sticker when they Love take it. the dog for a walk they get the a sticker. reward system's put in place it right? is a and they get one. yeah and they get 10 stickers and they get a prize so i've adopted that at the gym i, I have that. an accountability sticker chart yeah so you write your name on it you tell me what you're accountable for so whether it's showing so up cool. five days a week or three days a week or hitting you know eating better drinking eight glasses of water a day. I don't care. Whatever it is you want to be accountable for and you get a sticker for that. Yeah, that it's is so cool. Silly. It actually, you read my mind because I was, I was wanting to be very curious about how, uh, you know, being a mother, I know that's kind of like a little bit of a theme attached to what we've been talking about on how much that's even helped you improve the qualities you have as a trainer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one point you made about that reward system you do at home. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you've kind of noticed through motherhood that has like directly applied to you? Maybe like, and I know sometimes there's that that feeling um, where trainers get, I believe it's like feeling like a scapegoat, if I'm using the right terminology, where you you feel like <clears throat> not imposter syndrome. There you go. That's the word. Mm. Where it's like almost like you're, you wish you knew what you just knew earlier. Right. Or like you feel like you're a trainer, but but especially when you're new mm-hmm. and there's just so much more to learn absolutely after that you've been certified and there's so much more ahead of you and sometimes yeah. that's overwhelming for yeah. people but even for yourself if there's something confidently where you're like okay i don't need to look back but i could bring it into my practice going mm-hmm. forward mm-hmm. what is motherhood shelly like taught you in terms of like or not even taught you but principles you mm-hmm. now follow through being a mother that you apply to your clients yeah for sure i honestly the first thing that comes to mind is um is cueing and what that means as a coach um is is telling people or explaining it in a way that they will understand yeah right so explaining you know how to do a squat clean properly and you're explaining it piece by piece and somebody's just not getting it right it is no different than dealing with a five-year-old who you're like kate you know stop sticking out your tongue stop sticking out your tongue and they're just not listening right so if you say it in in a different way word it differently and that the same thing applies for coaching word it in a different way and i think that's where um the more experience you have usually the better coach you're going to be or the more um the more time you can spend working with other coaches or with other experts in the field that's whatever it makes you a better coach and not be afraid to you know say um you know i don't understand Right? And the same goes for being a mom. There's times where, and that's why we need one another. 
where you're like, I don't know what to do. My kids will not stop fighting or my son won't stop crossing his eyes, yeah. right? And I'm sure all of us were told when we were little, well, your eyes are going to stay like that if you keep your eyes crossed, <laughs> yeah. right? And we all remember that. But there's going to be one certain cue that you use when coaching that'll click for some people, but it won't click for others. Yeah. And that's, I, I love that. And I love that about our gym is because we have so many different coaches. So I coach most of the daytime classes, but in the evening I have a whole team of coaches and they're incredible. And all of them have a different style. Love all of them have a different way of coaching. Yes, we're all trying to reach the same goal. We're all trying to get somebody to do a squat properly. Mm-hmm. But you know, one person will explain it a certain way and another person will explain it a different way and it'll click one way or the other. Eventually it'll click, right? And mm-hmm. that's something that, yeah, as a parent, you do learn that, that the way you talk to one child, you can't, it won't work on the next child. Yeah, it won't be the same examples no. over and over again, Not right? At all. You might have someone who likes to ski during the winter time and all of a sudden you're using metaphorical examples of yeah. like, you know, keeping their feet down on the ground like you would with your skis, you yeah. know, don't make the pizza here with the squat, let's turn those feet out. Like, yeah. Little fun things like that where yeah. you're taking the time to get to know that person yeah and like then what, personally out, yeah and then the things that they like naturally you could blend that into how you tell them the for exercise sure. so for that's sure. pretty awesome i like that yeah. and i i find that when you made that point about know how other coaches operate the really neat thing i learned about no matter how many years pass on with a coach and how much of an expert they feel mm-hmm. they still have an element of a coach like with your air, with your facility, you guys have a lot of coaches mm-hmm. just can feed off of each other. Just yeah. like to your point where they have different ways of looking at things and yeah. you're getting that knowledge and yeah. you're getting some O's and I's on like mm-hmm. recognize that. Oh, I didn't look at it like that. Yeah. And I, I noticed that good coaches out there continue to get coached. Right. And that's something where I, um, I, I noticed that with my clients, even through, through, through kickboxing, mm-hmm. you know, I'm teaching them so much that I know. I reach a point with them where it's like, okay, I've kind of mm-hmm. kind of showed them the ropes. They've been in long enough where we could mix things up in the program. Mm-hmm. But now I recognize, okay, I, I need to go, I need to go see, you know, I need to go to a seminar. Yeah. I need to see someone. I need to do some privates with someone who's yeah. above my skill level to sharpen those skills. Yep. And uh, I'm wondering if there's um, you know, any any coach you currently have right now in your life or anyone you've had who um, you know, you've personally worked closely with mm-hmm. yeah um we have a weightlifting coach and actually all of our our coaches from the beginning did weightlifting with him jerry fox um he ran fox's den he's he's an older gentleman but lives the life of weightlifting like he can't do any of them anymore because he's just broken he's <laughs> yeah but he loves it so much and he's one of those guys that he would come in and work with the coaches and he could be coaching somebody looking the other way. You do a lift behind him and he's like, Shelly, you need to pick up your feet faster. Like, yeah. You weren't even looking my way. Yeah. Did you see that? What? what uh, stop. Yeah, he's got eyes everywhere. You yeah. Like it. just, he's just, it's just so ingrained in him because it's, it's been his life. Right. And he's so passionate. It. He's, he's incredible. Jerry Fox is an incredible weightlifting coach. Yeah. Um, and he's always been active with the Alberta Weightlifting Association and he's judges and he's, yeah, incredible gentleman. Um, I've actually done quite a few courses, um, through Kelly Starrett as well. Nice. He's, uh, he wrote the supple leopard, um, book. So if anybody ever needs like moving in at my mobility type, type, uh, 
patterning and yep, injury yep. prevention type stuff. He's he's a great resource. Um, that Supple Leopard book, I believe that every coach should have that book. Yeah, um, It's a very valuable book. And just like everything in life, you don't have to agree with everything they say or yeah. do. Yep. And that's one thing that I hate that as a coach, when you tell somebody, well, you know, why don't you try it like that? Try it this way. Try putting your feet this way. Try it this way. Like, no, there's no way I'm doing that. I'm like, well... Okay, you don't have to agree with me right now. Just try it. Just try it, yeah. Just try it. Yep. And if you don't like it, that's okay. That's totally <laughs> yep. fine. Like, but sometimes we have to step back, let our egos go, and just and just, you know, say I could be better. Yeah. And I I don't I always say this to people, and it's a hashtag I use on pretty much all of my posts is be better. Yeah. You're you're never your best. And, you know, some people like to say, well, you know, I'm coming in. I'm giving the best that I can do today. I'm like, cool, that's great. But tomorrow you're going to do better. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like we can never get complacent and, and sit there and say, eh, you know what? Meh. I'll just, yeah. I'll do my best today. It just feels Eeyore. boring. It just feels the same thing over and over again, right? You got to create, you got to gamify the experience. You got to get sense, better. Right? Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love that. I appreciate you sharing that too. But I think, and I think as a parent... That's so important to teach our kids. We've got so many kids that are just stuck in this, oh, I'll never be good at math or I'm never going to be good at basketball, yeah. right? That same mentality. And they're going to they're gonna be a reflection of their parents. They are. Yeah. If they see their parents quickly give up or I think just on the optimistic side, they mm -hmm. see their parents still learning, yes. still applying that effort and that Starting energy into, better. hey, like I'm like, mom, dad, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm learning. I'm, mm -hmm. and, and then they're like, what do you mean? I thought you're done school. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, learning never stops. Sorry. Right? And then, the, and, right? and then they're like, oh man, like, they're kind of looking at it like I got 10 more grades to go and yeah, I'm done. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that, that's really cool. I, um, I want to ask you from your perspective as a coach, I know you kind of already shared some, some, uh, really great insight on, on certain lessons, uh, coaches can learn, but for any other coaches out there, mm -hmm. is there any like non-negotiable mm -hmm. prerequisite you think they should look into any recommendations you have on, um, just like on the topic of learning what sure. coaches out there can continue to learn or even mm -hmm. clients, if they mm -hmm. wanted to pick up a certification for their own knowledge, yeah. what's like a good, um, one, like niche to focus on or even mm -hmm. any other person you want to give a shout out to to keep learning mm -hmm. honestly there i now with the world of cyber everything there are so many things you can take and i know so there much. are some there's some coaches that uh are personal trainers that think online certifications are ridiculous i'm like any new knowledge is good knowledge yeah. right and there's so much you can get off off cyber stuff right now um and whether you want to call that hokey or not, because it's a cyber thing, it's all knowledge is good knowledge. And whether you take it with a grain of salt and say, I didn't like that, it doesn't agree or it doesn't sit with my way of thinking or my way of coaching, that's fine. Mm -hmm. It could be somebody else's and it could be valuable to them. Um, I think new trainers starting out, a, a big thing that they need to recognize is being a personal trainer or being a coach is if your first interest in becoming that is to make money, you're going to fail. Yeah. And that's not nice to say, but it's true. If you are just chasing money as a, as a coach, your, your heart is probably in the wrong place. Your passion is in the wrong place. The genuineness is gone. It becomes, yeah, it becomes, you become a salesman rather than a trainer. hundred percent. And I think 
taking business courses and ethics courses as a personal trainer are really important as well. I love that you um, mentioned that. It's very outside the box. It is. And it's communication good. courses. And if honestly, if I could tell not just trainers and coaches, every individual in the whole wide world, if I could say there's one book that will affect the way that you can communicate and live your life and have better relationships with people, it would be the five love languages. And I don't mm. know if you've ever read the book. My girlfriend really wants me to read that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet. She's like, just read that book and you'll get it. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, and it, and it does come from a Christian perspective, mm -hmm. but regardless of your belief system, it shouldn't matter reading the book. Totally. It is completely about communication and completely about... Um, assessing your relationships. And that comes from a relationship with a spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your clients. It doesn't matter what kind of, every person that we're in contact with, we have in a relationship with. Oh, it's so true. And so if you can figure out how they need to be treated to feel like they're cared for or loved, that is key. And that goes for training as well. And I think if people could adopt that in their training, um, it would make a huge difference. And, mm -hmm. and just like as an example, if I knew that, that your love language from this book was gifts, mm -hmm. like that gifts don't mean anything to me. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't care less. But if I knew that your love language was gifts and you can, you know, through reading the book, you'll be able to understand and, and read that off somebody just the mm -hmm. way they talk. Mm -hmm. um, then as a coach, it would be awesome for me to, you know, lend you a book. Yeah. Or that'd be huge for them. Right. And they're going to look at that like, wow, like this yeah, coach I'm cared cares for. about me. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and, you know, there's five of them, five mm -hmm. love languages. And if you can learn them and, and kind of apply that to the way that you coach, the way that you parent, the way that you do everything, you will be, those relationships are what build your business. Big time. Big time. It's, it's one of those things where you, you recognize there's more than meets the eye. Yeah. You know, getting a personal trainer or, or getting coached by somebody or going to your physio, anything revolved around there's some there's some sort of objective two people have. Mm -hmm. Naturally, to your point, a relationship comes out of that. And I know, Shelly, for a fact that one of my trainers at Good Life did a damn good job. It's not a fun problem to have, but I'm satisfied when I hear how upset a client is when they hear they have to get a new trainer mm. because that trainer decided to move on mm -hmm. you know they're going to be uh, yep. you know they're just going to do something else yeah. an opportunity has happened i understand yeah. and there can no longer be of service at our gym and it feels like a breakup yeah. for the most part don't get me wrong some but are that's like, a good thing yeah it's a good thing because right? that's when i know that this trainer yeah. significantly changes person's life enough for them to feel like they had more than just me yeah. showing up and getting a workout. Yeah. And I think what, that's one of the biggest reasons why I love this industry is because mm -hmm. you get deep with people. You, you know, to your point, endorphins come out, people become a little bit more honest. But there's just there's more than just that workout. You start talking about the lifestyle changes this person yeah. should be making. They become open to telling you, hey, like, here's some of the bad habits, mm -hmm. you know, and and, oh, and this is why I'm eating all this junk food because yeah. I feel this way. Yeah. And and you're getting them to express that. And, and it comes with the territory of, of making them accomplish that goal. Mm -hmm. You have to have those hard-hitting conversations. You do. You know? do. So, and that's what the one nice thing, too, about, you know, creating a community is you've got that basis of, you know, you come at 9.30, you're exhausted that day and your kids, have, you know, didn't sleep last night or whatever. And you come in, 
and you're in tears, one, you're probably going to get about eight hugs, but also you're going to have somebody that says, I get it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's all we need. Sometimes we don't even need anything more than that other than I get it. Yeah, right? exactly. And you know, what? it's funny you say that because on the notion of advice, now I know I feel like you, you and I can talk forever, but <laughs> you know, as we wrap this up, I just yeah. feel like I've noticed now as I'm starting to, you know, become trying to become better at listening, not just, you know, being solution based has a time and place. Sometimes people just want you to hear them out. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, back to your point, just saying, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Come give me a hug. Like, yeah. Bring it in. I'm sorry. Man. Instead of yeah. being like, okay, well, here's what we should do. Let's fix and it. I, I learned that through my relationship. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, because I'm very like, okay, well, here's what we should do then. <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes Guggen's like, no, 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 I just need you to listen, man. Just, just listen. And I noticed clients, same thing. Mm-hmm. They just want someone to listen and be like, yeah, like that, that's brutal. I mean, yeah. you could imagine solutions already going through their head, but they're not there yet. Yeah. They're not trying to come up with a solution. They're trying to go through it Process first. It. Yeah. Process it. Yeah. Understand that, hey, someone's actually out there, not going to cut them off. Understand that, hey, like they need to talk this through mm-hmm. and they're already coming up with how they're going to go through it just by letting them air it out. For sure. And I think we, I think people are so busy now that we don't have a lot of people that we can do that with. Totally. Right? And that's why I think, you know, hairdressers hear it. Massage therapists hear it, personal trainers hear it, yeah. right? Like those are the people that often kind of get to draw that out of people. And and it is a blessing, but you also have to learn as a trainer. And I guess this would be another um, tip for trainers is create boundaries, right? You can't take it home. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't fix the world as much as we all want to. We can't fix, you know, somebody's addiction to something or we we can't yeah. fix everything yeah we do have to create boundaries we have to say no you sometimes. have your own life and personal yes. life to take after too right that's right yeah, yeah. no yeah. i agree you know what shelly on that note as i text our videographer who's waiting for us Yay. i'm gonna ask you one last question okay okay i purple. ask every single guest this oh. what was that purple Purple. <laughs> okay, we got the favorite color out of the all way. Right. <laughs> I'd say it was going to be blue, you know, with the colors you got with yeah, LSS. Blue. So other than purple and blue, yeah. I want to know, every second guest we bring on, I always like asking this, and it has to do with being metaphorically on the second floor, where I could tell you are clearly here for a reason. You like to elevate in your life. You're always looking at the next step forward and you're clearly passionate about what you do. So for any coach out there or mother listening to this or or anyone in the capacity of health and fitness, mm-hmm. from your perspective, what do you feel like it takes, Shelly, to, to get to the second floor? What, what are some of the, the qualities you have and feel like someone needs to have mm-hmm. to make that happen for themselves, to be bold enough to take that next step in whatever it is that they're dealing with? and trying to overcome it's a great question um i would say one learn to get uncomfortable that that is so huge for anybody wanting to be better at anything to be better we have to go through something that we're scared of and i think going through what i did starting at 21 years old i think that was awesome because i had to get uncomfortable every year i had to learn to be uncomfortable um, and that's just going outside your box and whether that's in fitness or in a relationship or your job, whatever, whatever it is you want to do, you need to learn to get uncomfortable and stop being afraid to be afraid. That sounds yeah. silly, but it's, it's true. We need to stop being living in our comfort zone and staying there, like being happy with mediocrity, right? We need to always 
in the back of your brain, know you can be better. You can affect more people. You can help more people. You can love more people. You can show more people how to live healthy. You can show more people how to, you know, build better relationships, be a better parent. And for myself, I can be a better parent. I can be a better trainer. I can be a better business owner. And the fact that I can admit that and kind of suck up my ego and be like, yes, we had the best gym in 2019. How can we be better? How can we make it better next year? Right? What can we change so that we're never just like, like a gym has to evolve just like a person has to evolve, just like your job has to evolve. Everything has to get better. If it doesn't get better, it's going to die. Totally. And as a trainer, that's really important to know. So if you don't keep learning, if you don't keep taking courses, if you don't keep pushing yourself, you have nothing to offer anybody else to want to be better. You're only as good as you were yeah. the last time you educated yourself. Right. Right. You know? Like you got you got to get experience too. And that's sometimes people think, well, I got my certification. I'm good, right? They're two-day certifications yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's enough. That's good. That's yeah. fine. Right? I, I know it all. No, and then wow. you'll meet somebody who will put you in your place probably quite quickly. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't know anything. Yeah. So just learning to be humble too and just always know that there are, everybody out there has something to offer. And like you said, learning to just listen. If we can learn to listen, then we can we can move forward. That's yeah. where we can learn where where can I make myself uncomfortable to mm-hmm. be better. Yeah, wow. I love that. And I, I wanna acknowledge you here there, Shelly, for you know, even myself, I got to see from this conversation uh how genuine you are and mm-hmm. how real you are I, I find there's a lot of trainers out there that immediately feel like they need to put up that like that facade of okay i'm i'm coach mm-hmm. and i gotta put my emotions aside because <laughs> i need to be strong right i don't but, know how to put my emotions <laughs> aside Kenny. right but I, don't. I i find that your your emotions uh help I, I can imagine your clients recognize that, hey, you know what? Shelly's a person too. <laughs> yeah. You know, like she's just as human as I am. And the fact that you're balancing all of this with your kids, with your gym, running a family business, with your husband, I've seen it even from my own parents. That's mm-hmm. not easy to do. Yeah. And I'm sure that's come with some sacrifices, but it's really beautiful to see how much credit and recognition you guys are getting mm-hmm. because you deserve it. Thank you. You know, and I, I'm actually very honored to be sitting here with you and and you're somebody immediately it was with no without as hesitation when i spoke with my brother and as i was telling him about the season two uh where it's heading and how much it's relating to my passion now Mm -hmm. because season one was very soul searching focused you know meeting people who are passionate yeah but now it's like okay people are now passionate as much as i am in my founding passion yeah i was telling kb i'm like you know what um, you know, for, for anyone that doesn't know listening, this KB trains at LSS, mm-hmm. you know, that's his founding uh, gym right now that's helped him elevate to the UFC hugely. And um, just when I told him, I was like, hey, like, you think I could get Shelly on? He's like, 100%, man. Mm. He's like, she'd love that. Mm-hmm. So it was without hesitation for you wanting to be one of the first five guests. Oh, to... Very, very blessed to be part of it. 100%. No, thank you. And outside of that, for anyone who does live in Sherwood Park or Edmonton or even Alberta, um, how can they connect with with you and uh, Little Sweatshop and how can they continue to follow your journey? Yeah, for sure. We're uh, well, we're on all the social media sites um instagram we're little sweatshop facebook we're little sweatshop and then uh we have our website little so pretty easy it's not a 
Um, it's not a, a common term. Yeah. Um, I know sometimes people are like, well, that's kind of an offensive word, to, <laughs> kind of an offensive name for a gym. I'm like, what? We sweat. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. That's it. There is no intention of offense. No. Yeah, no, totally. It's, we go there, we're a big family, and we sweat. Exactly. And you'll get a taste of what that looks and feels like once you go check it out. So uh, thank you so much, Shelly. Um, for those of you who don't know, Shelly and I were about to crush a workout together. Yes. So we, we planned our whole Sunday around this. And um, if anyone wants to learn more about Shelly, there it is. That's how you could find her. Thank you so much for tuning in. And that's a wrap.